Goranga, Gita Goranga, Gaurahari. Gita Goranga, Gita Gauranga, Gita Goranga, Gaurahari. Gita Goranga, Gita Gauranga, Gita Goranga. Nitai Gauranga Nitai Gauranga Nitai Gauranga Gaurahari Nitai Gauranga Nitai Gauranga Nitai Gauranga Gaurahari Nitai Gauranga Itai Goranga Itai Goranga Gaurahari Itai Goranga 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 Itai Goranga ガウラハリガウラハリガウラハリガウラハリガウラハリガウラハリガウラハリガウラハリガウラハリガウラハリガウラハリガウラハリガウラハリガウラハリガウラハリガウラハリガウラハリガウラハリガウラハリガウラハ
Hare Krishna Hare Krishna 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 Hare 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 Rama Hare Rama 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 Hare 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 Krishna Hare Krishna 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 Hare 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 Rama Hare Rama 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 Hare 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 Krishna Hare Krishna 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 Hare 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 Rama Hare Rama 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 Hare 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 Krishna Hare Krishna 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 Hare 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 Rama Hare Rama 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 Hare 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 Krishna Hare Krishna 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 Hare 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 Rama Hare Rama 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 Hare 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 Krishna Hare Krishna 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 Hare 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 Rama Hare Krishna Hare Krishna 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 Hare 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 Ram Hare Ram Rama Rama Hare Hare Itai Gauranga Itai Gauranga Itai Gauranga Gauda Hare Itai Gauranga Itai Gauranga Jai Goranga Gaurahari Jai Goranga Nitai Goranga Nitai Goranga Gaurahari Nitai Goranga Nitai Goranga Nitai Goranga Gaurahari Nitai Gauranga Nitai Gauranga Nitai Gauranga Gaurahari Nitai Gauranga Nitai Gauranga Nitai Gauranga Gaurahari Nitai Gauranga Nitai Goranga, Nitai Goranga, Gaurahari Nitai Goranga, Nitai Goranga, Nitai Goranga, Gaurahari Nitai Goranga, Nitai Goranga, Nitai Goranga, Gaurahari 
Wisdom Wednesdays and Hare Krishna everyone uh, welcome back tonight we have a wonderful, wonderful guest, guest all the way from United States and Mahatma Prabhu is a um, world-renowned teacher of Bhakti Yoga his disciple of his divine grace Srila Prabhupada and um, well, I guess he's been practicing Bhakti Yoga for over five decades now, and he's renowned for his ability. <laughs> Working on my sixth decade. <laughs> oh, wow. Okay. Um, yeah. You know, he's, he's renowned for his abilities, you know, incredible abilities to present Krishna consciousness a very, in, a, in a modern way and uh, in ways that are mm. relevant to and inspiring to modern youth and his book his book uh, which i read uh, living living the wisdom of bhakti is a uh, it's a wonderful wonderful read and bhakti philosophy is is uh, it's complex and difficult but the application the application is uh, even more difficult and we might understand the philosophy but that doesn't mean that we know how to apply it so his teachings, his mood is all about applying, making sure that, um, yeah, bhakti is uh, inspiring you and uh, and you're happy in Krishna consciousness. Consciousness. So today we have a wonderful topic, which is uh, the golden god in the Iron Age. Ladies and gentlemen, let us welcome Mahatma Prabhu. Thank One of the missions of my spiritual master, Srila Prabhupada, was to get us to appreciate what he was teaching us to get us to appreciate what he was giving us. And sometimes this is difficult, even though intellectually we can appreciate it, but sometimes it doesn't hit the heart. And it was something that Prabhupada was trying to get into our heart. And what he was trying to communicate was how fortunate we are to have this knowledge. At the same time, as the title says, Iron Age. What happens in the Iron Age? Well, in the Srimad Bhagavatam, there's a verse that says, in this age, when it comes to material life, people are very excited, and when it comes to spiritual life, they're kind of lazy. 
You want to go shopping? You want to go to church? Oh, okay, let's go shopping. Church sounds boring. Shopping, shopping sounds. You want to go to the game or you want to go to church? Oh, let's go to the game. That's just kind of normal. Uh, so, so Prabhupada was, he was almost pleading with us sometimes, like try to understand what you're getting and try to understand what, what, this mantra is doing for you, and try to understand how valuable this knowledge is. So that's what I want to try to do tonight: is given a can give a little context that may help you appreciate what you have or what you're being given, so that you better utilize it. Because the more you appreciate it, the more you utilize it, isn't it? It's like let's I go over to your house. And I, I say, what's that? And you say, it's a such and such. I go, where'd you get it? Oh, you know, that was my grandfather's. When he died, he just left it and nobody wanted it. So I took it. And I go, you realize what that is? That's like a 1932 antique. That's probably worth $20,000. And you said, no, I had no idea. And I go, yeah. You know how many people want, would want to get that? He said, no, I had no idea. All of a sudden, that dusty old thing looks pretty good, Right? So it's a little bit like that in spiritual life. Sometimes we don't realize what we have. Now, I'm going to ask you to imagine that this morning you went to Krishna's planet and you spent... Okay, well, for you in the UK, it's evening. For you in Mauritius, it's evening. For us on this side, it's lunchtime or... Well, late for lunch, but I think for Lakshmi Priya, it's lunchtime. Well, depends in Mexico what time you eat lunch. I don't know. So, um, so, so let's say all of you this morning uh, got a guided tour of the spiritual world. You got to dance with Krishna, you got to play with Krishna, you got to meet all the associates, you got to experience what it's like to have absolutely no material desire only spiritual desire. There's nothing, no envy, no jealousy. No, I want this, I'm empty. Why did they get that and I didn't get that? And how come they're more successful? And like, none of that. Simply love, that's all you had. Just love, that's what you were experiencing. Love like you've never experienced before. The desire to serve like you've never experienced before. And the association of devotees like you've never experienced before. What to speak of seeing Krishna and just becoming mad, crying, rolling on the ground like that. And then Krishna embraced you, and you got a personal tour of the spiritual world. And you spent like a half a day there, you know, taking the tour, you know. Went out with the coward boys, you know, tried that one out, then, you know, went to Radhakrishna. Well, I want to be a gopi, let's try dancing out. You, know. you got the full wind tour, you know, see, see what you want to be and like that, right? And now, you've just come back. And here you are, back in your body. Uh, how would that change your perception? No, 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 this is what happens. You come back like this is like, oh my God, like nobody knows. We're talking about the spiritual world, but actually nobody knows. They're just talking and falling asleep in class. They don't know what it's like. And I have to tell them. And you go in the temple, and some devotees are, Hare Krishna, Hare Krishna, sleeping. Some devotees are arguing over something, you know, typical, you know, whatever goes on in the material world. And how would you feel 
you'd say, Prabhus, like, what's wrong with you? You don't understand. Like, there's the spiritual world that Krishna actually exists. And we have the holy name, and it, it's amazing, and it's full of nectar, and Krishna gave me a taste of what it's like, and we'd be, like, going completely crazy trying to communicate with everyone. And everyone would be looking at us like, can you lay off me? Like, you've been smoking something? And like, could you just leave me alone? Wouldn't it? <coughs> and we'd be completely frustrated, right? So here's Srila Prabhupada. He's seeing Krishna, seeing the spiritual world. He's trying to convince us to go, go there. And we're like, you know, bud, you know, I always wanted to be a famous musician, you know, maybe later. You know, or I always wanted to be a fashion model, or I have this idea, you know, I'll open this business, and, you know, after I get rich, Prabhupada, then I'll do it, you know, first. First I want to get my third PhD, and then, you know, and this is who Prabhupada's talking to, what to speak of the people who don't even want to do anything material, and, and thus haven't, don't have any energy to do anything, what to speak of spiritual. And Prabhupada's seeing Krishna, and Prabhupada's telling us, in this lifetime, you can go back to God and you can see Krishna. And we're sitting there thinking, yeah, it sounds okay, you know, but. And, and, and one of the buts is, yeah, but, you know, four principles, 16 rounds, that's like hard. You know, can, Prabhupada, can you make it easier? And when Prabhupada heard that, it was like he couldn't believe it because devotees would ask him. Can you make it easier? And he didn't say this, but you could you could understand he was feeling like, I can't believe you just said that. <laughs> you have no idea how this is. This has been watered down. You can't, if you add any more water, there's no milk left at all. It's just going to be all water. This has been, this has been made so easy for you. 16 rounds, four principles. Yeah, but you know, you got to be real, and it's like so hard, and you know, you know, I'm so conditioned. You know, Prabhupada's listening to this and going, "Are you crazy? You've been in the material world millions of lifetimes. All you have to do is chant sixteen rounds, and you can go back to Braj. That wasn't even given to anybody. You know, it's like, and you can you could be a Munjari and like be dancing with Krishna and Rasalila. Hello, anybody home? Did you just hear what I said? You know, Prabhupada's not saying it like that, but in retrospect, when I think of those lectures, that's actually the mood. And we're and we're sitting there like, huh, what's for breakfast? You know, sitting in Bhagavatam class, meditating on pakoras and halavai. So, so that's the problem. Can you relate to that problem? Have you seen it? Have you been there? <laughs> so, <laughs> lights are on, but nobody's home. Yeah, exactly. So this this is this is the challenge. So I want to put things in context with the hope that we can get some appreciation. You know, I unfortunately I can't take you on a guided guided tour of the spiritual world. I could describe it, but I can't actually give you the experience. That's but if I could, if I could get you on a Vicunt airplane and we would all go there, I wouldn't have to talk. The class would be over and you could just go there and you would understand everything that I'm trying to say. So, let's go back a little bit into the Vedic age, previous ages. This is Kali Yuga. Kali Yuga is, in one sense, the best Yuga because it's the easiest for self-realization. So if you go back, 
if you go back and you want to become self-realized, number one, if you do, you only get Vishnu Bhakti, not Krishna Bhakti. So you would not go to Vrindavan. You would not get the highest intimate relationship. You would just get a relationship in awe and reverence. That's as far as you could go, number one. Number two, it will require tremendous sacrifice. Uh, uh, last age, a thousand years. Age before that, 10,000 years. Age before that, 100,000 years of austerity, difficulty. So, although it may be difficult for you to understand because we don't have full experience, but just accept my word for it. As a process for self-realization, it's never been this easy. And even if you think following four principles is difficult, I have a story for you. It's a funny story. There's a little island. Well, it's not an island. It's, it's a country in South America called Guyana. G-U-Y-A-N-A. It's next to Venezuela. It's north of Brazil. It's on an ocean. I don't know what ocean it is. Caribbean Ocean, probably, or whatever it is. It's the ocean between the United States and South America. What ocean is that, Lakshmi Priya? Caribbean? What do they call it? Gulf? No, I don't know. Some ocean. <laughs> so we have some devotees here in Alachua that used to live there. And one devotee told a really interesting story. Caribbean, yeah. So... He said when he, he was like 14 or something when he first heard about the, the devotees and went to some program, and the devotees said, well, we follow four regulative principles. You know the principles. No beating, no intoxication, no gambling, no illicit sex. And of course, for us in the West, you know, people are introduced to sex very early in life, and illicit sex means, well, you should wait till you're married at least which is a traditional Christian value, and of course in uh, any religious, any religion. But culture in the West has changed so much that, that that's very rare. And so this devotee, he heard the four principles, and he said, what's the big deal? Everyone in my village follows all those four principles because it's a very traditional culture, and it was all Hindu. So like four regular principles is like, what's going on? You know, what's the big deal? That's just normal life in my village. Like if you don't, you get your head chopped off if you don't follow those four. No, he didn't say that, but something like that, right? So we're coming from the West and it's like, oh my God, celibacy, I, you know, it's impossible. I'd rather commit suicide, you know, like that, you know. Um, and, and Prabhupada's like, wait a minute, wait a minute, wait a minute, wait a minute. Did you hear what I just said? You can go back to Godhead. You just, have, you know, give up your LSD and pot and, you know, just, you know, at least keep it in marriage. Not your pot. Keep your sex in marriage. It's not like, you know, so difficult. At least do that. Can you do that? Well, Prabhupada, I don't know. It sounds pretty hard. Yeah, but it's a ticket. First class, one-way ticket out of this world of suffering. Hello, anybody home? All you have to do is 16 rounds, four principles. Mahaprabhu is giving something he's never given before. You're never going to get this again. Are you crazy? And we're like looking at one another going, yeah, we must be crazy because we're like, yeah, it's Kali Yuga. And Kali Yuga means like, yeah, well, whatever. Okay, let's try it. Let's see how it goes. That's the problem. That's the problem. So let's put some things in context. 
that first context, you you can't get a process easier than this. So I'm trying to like shift you around from this is hard to this is not hard because everything's perspective, isn't it? Isn't everything perspective? Like, you know, I, I, um, I've been trying to exercise more and we have trails everywhere around, right? So I have a bike, it's okay, it's, it's old, you know, probably it'll just get destroyed when I mountain bike it on these trails, but anyway, so I'm, I'm looking up bikes, right? You know, like good bikes, better bikes, why they're good, why they're better, you know. And like the bad bikes are like three, $400. Those are like the bad ones. <laughs> you know, I'm like, those are the bad ones? I thought those were the good ones. No, no, the good ones are like the okay ones start at 800 But really, if you're going to mountain bike and like do it, you know, then you got to go like 2000 I'm like, what are you talking about? So it's all perspective, right? Because to me... I can just go to some department store and get a bike for a hundred dollars, right? Or a hundred pounds, whatever, right? It looks like a bike, but it's not really a bike, you know, because after a few months it's gonna be in the trash can. Nothing's gonna work if you actually ride it a lot. So it's perspective. So then I go to the bike store and they're like, Well, you need to at least if you want a decent bike, you're gonna have to spend three, four, five hundred. I go, Really? And then after studying everything, I go, Oh, 500's cheap. <laughs> That's a good deal. Because really the good bikes start at like 800, right? For those of you who know bikes, like, and, and the connoisseurs, like if you're a connoisseur of bikes, you're like, I wouldn't buy an $800 bike. No way. Nothing, nothing under like 2000 for me, you know, because if it's, if it's under 2000, it doesn't have this, that, 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 that. And you can't really ride it, you know, like tough. So that's what I learned. So it's all about perspective, right? So, Here's the perspective, ladies and gentlemen. <laughs> bike can be stolen, Bhakti can I? Yeah, if you get a $2,000 bike, that's the problem. You better have a good lock on it. Or you can do an experiment like I did. They tied uh, a long rope to a bike, but nobody could see the rope, so people would steal the bike and they'd drive down the hill and they have videos of people, you know. So, you know, if you're that kind of person, you <laughs> You want, it. you want it. You know, better things to spend your time than doing that. But anyway, bike. We'll talk about bikes in another class. That was just a side point. Well, um, we could talk about guitars. You know, you get the good Chinese guitar for two hundred, but it's not. You know, you play it and nobody knows. Oh, that sounds good. Yeah, it's just. Let me play you the the two thousand dollar Taylor guitar, and t you tell me the two hundred Chinese sounds good. It doesn't sound good anymore. Isn't it? Right? It just doesn't. Once you put something good against something not good, all of a sudden what sounded good doesn't. It's perspective, right? So I want to try to give you perspective that, that what we're doing is really easy and we're extremely fortunate and we should not be so stupid to give it up. And this is, I think, the great lesson that I like to share on Gorpanim. So, ladies and gentlemen, if you were born in another age, you would have you would be living one thousand years in the last age, ten thousand in the previous, and a hundred thousand. So let's go back to a hundred thousand. What would you be doing for a hundred thousand years, sitting under a tree meditating? Okay, now I have a question for you: How long can you sit and not say anything and meditate? You know, like control your mind without your mind exploding. 
Like, if you're really good, you could probably, you know, if you've practiced, you've done some vipassana like that, you could, you know, do it. You'd go crazy, you know, doing it, but you could kind of make it through the day. But if you haven't practiced, you'd go completely crazy because I've, I've tried it, you know. It's like a half an hour, just like, okay, you know, I want to chant. How do you, no, no, you can't chant. You just follow your breath. It's not easy. Or you chant Om. You know, just chant Om 22 hours a day for the next 100,000 years, and then you can go back to Godhead. Do I have any volunteers? Anybody can do that? Yeah. And you just, and where do I live? Oh, you live under a tree in the forest. Well, what do I eat? Whatever. Where do I sleep? Wherever. Because that's the process. Okay, forget that. And that's why when Arjuna wanted to meditate, Krishna said, no way, you can't do it. It's not possible. Or actually, Arjuna said it. Well, no, Krishna told him, this is what you have to do. Arjuna said, okay, let's forget that. <laughs> I guess I can't do that. And he wasn't even giving him the whole process, and it wasn't going to be for 100,000 years. Okay, so then they did these elaborate sacrifices, or unless we could go into deity worship. Well, we'll go to sacrifice. Okay, how you do these sacrifices? Well, you need tons of gold, and tons of Brahmins, and you need Brahmins that actually chant mantras, and if they don't chant a mantra, it's all going to backfire on you. And um, you have to learn all the rituals. You have to be pure enough to chant the mantra, otherwise it backfires. Like, Not easy. And you have to do that for 10,000 years, or you could do, I think that was 10,000 years. I may get the ages messed up. Maybe, maybe that was, yeah, 10,000, last age. Anyway, but then there's deity worship, elaborate, uh, on levels, you know, we can't do and you can't make mistakes and this and that. And then Mahaprabhu comes, okay, can you do this? Um, can you sing? Yeah, I could sing. All right. Can you eat? Yeah, I could manage that. Do you know how to dance? Yeah, I like to dance. Okay, self-realization. Okay, I could do that. Can you sing, eat, and dance? Yeah, okay, all right. Okay, you're in. You're in. You're on the. You've got your ticket, potential ticket back to Godhead, right? Um, because Mahaprabhu knows in Kali Yuga, you cannot expect more than that. Of course, then you say, but <coughs> regular principles. Yeah, Bhishma Dev said that these four principles are qualifications for entering human life. If you don't do these, you're not really a human being. So we're thinking, wow, this is so hard. No, that's just qualification into the human species. You know little perspective here, right? Like, oh, you know, how could you do that? It's so hard, you know. No, Prabhu, that's just, that's just entering the human form of life, those four, that's all. So you have to be a human being so you can chant, right? Okay, now, but, okay, 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 I got it, I got it. Okay, you know, I'm not taking drugs anymore. I gave that up long ago. That's stupid. And I never gambled, and, you know, vegetarian, no problem. But, you know... No illicit sex, I don't know. Um, you know, if you get into it and you understand the connection between illicit sex and divorce, it just, it's, you know, this guy's had girlfriends since he's 13. Finally, by the time he gets married, it's the 23rd. He's going to stay with her? Uh, I wouldn't bet on it, would you? No, he's used to changing, you know, a girl every year, right? Or two, or three, if he's... If he's had that many. So it's it's like, if you want to chant purely, you have to do austerity, you have to control yourself. It just makes sense if you put your head into it. 
It just makes sense, right? So like, okay, so we have to we have to be celibate, which is what everyone in the history of the universe did since time immemorial. It's just, you know, since the hippies came and screwed everything up, and I was one of them who messed it up, so I'll take part of the blame. Before, before that, seriously, I don't know if you know this, 1964, if anyone found out, anyone in your high school found out that you had sex, you were like the high school whore, the high school prostitute. 1964, seriously. That's how the world was. 1965, it changed. Like, I don't know the date it changed. I think it was the date that marijuana and LSD became like commodities that anybody could get. It shifted. Like, I saw it shift. It was amazing. All of a sudden, if you didn't have sex, you were the geek in high school. It completely shifted, right? But before that, it was never like that. So for the history of human society, people understood, you know, keep sex within marriage, you know, that just makes sense. So you make sense of that. Okay, so all we have to do is chant and dance, and then you say, but Prabhu, 16 rounds, it's really so hard, it takes so long. Okay, get out your calculator. How many hours in a day? 24. Okay, How? what percentage of your day is two hours? I think it's one-twelfth. Am I correct, all you mathematicians? Two hours is one-twelfth of 24. Okay, that leaves you with 22 to do whatever you're going to do. It's only two hours. And you know what? If you didn't take those two hours to chant, what would you do with them? Oh, more time on Facebook, right? More time to surf the internet, more time to go shopping, more time to talk about people I don't like. Have you ever chanted 64 rounds? It's really interesting. You know why? There's no time to talk to anybody because it takes you eight hours. You don't have time for your phone. You don't have the time to criticize anyone. You don't have time to gossip. You don't have time to talk. You hear what Trump did, you know. You have absolutely no time when you chant 64. It's amazing. <laughs> you know, it, yeah, you should get one of those timers that, that times how long you look at your phone every day. It's like five, six hours, right? Or that's on a, that's on a bad day, more like seven or eight, or on a good day. So... So Prabhupada used to say, it's very simple. Anybody can chant 16 rounds. Only takes two hours. That's what Prabhupada would say. Only takes two hours. And will you, if you follow these four principles, will you die? And Prabhupada would say, no, you won't die. We're not dying. We're actually doing quite well. So now, previous to Lord Chaitanya, you could not get a mantra, mantra, you could not get a mantra from a guru unless you were a Brahmin, unless you were born in a Brahmin family and you were qualified. Because the mantras don't work unless you are a qualified sattvagun, a Brahminical family, your parents did the samskara, it doesn't work. And then you're initiated as a Brahmin and then you get the mantra. Otherwise, you can find the mantra in a book. It won't do a thing for you. You have to be qualified. And not everybody was, not everyone in society was qualified. Not everybody was born a Brahmin. You say, but in the Gita it says it's not how you're born. Yeah, but that wasn't the system then. Because they followed the samskars. So Brahmin parents had Brahmin kids. Chatri parents had Chatri kids, generally. So you have to be born in a high class family. You'd have to have. Uh, initiation from a guru, 
get get the mantra and then you could actually chant and you have to live in the guru's ashram and it, one day the guru said he didn't call you for lunch like he forgot you know what you do you don't eat that's how it worked he doesn't call you for lunch you don't eat and you go and do all kinds of austerity anyone up for that any volunteers live in the ashram of the guru and do like tapasya all day yeah, maybe for a little retreat for two, three days, yeah. Well, that retreat was cool. We did austerity, you know, we hardly ate. Yeah, great, three days, anybody can do it. How about for 20 years from the time you're five? You know, uh, not so easy, right? So that's that's one thing, the easiness of it, right? So I think it's super important to put things in context. We're not meditating a million years, following our breath, chanting Om sitting in one place. I mean, like, how long can you sit in lotus posture before your legs start hurting? You know? Half hour? Fifteen minutes? Probably I can't even do it. You know, an hour? Two if you're good. And what do you meditate? You're not meditating on Om. You're meditating on the pain in your legs. Isn't it? Then you have to do asanas all kinds of asanas for hours, so you can go back and sit in your padmasana, so you're not in pain, so you can meditate, right? Okay. Um, yeah. And as Christy says, some of us cannot even sit. You can you imagine, you know, you're trying to sit, you know, do your own, and you're like, you know, shaking, and like, I can't do this, yeah. So, um, so that's one thing. Just the process itself, other processes are extremely difficult. This process is not difficult. In your mind, you could make it difficult, but physically speaking, it's not. Now, what are you getting for your money here? This is the best, um, this is the best part of, of understanding Lochetana. Lochetana, he made a decision which is unprecedented. Nobody could understand the decision. Like, why would he do this? He said, we're going to give love of Krishna just as the residents of Braj have it. And this is never given. It's like, why would you give it if it's never given? Because I feel like it, basically, was his answer. You know, like, does God need another reason other than I feel like it? Like, what other reason does he need? Right? I mean, isn't that good enough for you? But we're so fallen and we don't qualify, etc., etc. And it's such a high thing. And like, why would he do that? Because he wanted to. You need a better reason? I don't think so. And like, somebody gives you a million dollars. Why did you do that? I don't understand. You won't say that. You're like, thank you. Right? You're going to, like, that doesn't make sense. You sure you want to give it to me? I mean, that's a million dollars. That's a lot of money. And like, did, did you mistake me for someone else? You won't say that. You just take, thank you, and you'll be out of there, right? Isn't it? So if Mahaprabhu is giving it, like, oh, we don't deserve it. Why is he giving it? It doesn't matter. He's giving it because he wants to, right? And it's like, if you meditate on Lord Chaitanya and you understand what he's doing, he just like changed the rules of the game completely, like totally. This is like never done before. It's like, what if your government, what if you read headlines in your paper and your government said, every citizen in the UK gets a million pounds? What would you think? Like, oh my Govinda, 
I can't believe it, right? That would be amazing, right? Wouldn't it? So it's something like that. Like, this is, you. if we don't take Mahaprabhu's gift, which is worth more than millions of dollars like that, we're missing the boat on this. So, we should wake up every morning and our first thought should be, Oh my Goranga, oh my Govinda, I am so fortunate that I am in the right place at the right time. You, I have been given Goranga's mercy. I have so many friends. None of them took to Krishna consciousness. I lived, I lived, I was like, I lived like three quarters of a mile from the temple. I grew up there. So all my friends were like within three to seven minute drive of the temple. And you know how many became devotees? Take a guess. Four. That's four no. too. That's four too many. Well, one from my neighborhood, one from the neighborhood became a devotee, but he wasn't my personal friend. So I guess that counts as one. That was Ridhananamrash, but it wasn't. He was he was older than me, and same school and everything. But the friends I knew. They went to India, you know, did all that meditation, you know. I have a friend, had, I met him on Sankirtan, he had a tattoo of Krishna on his arm, you know, like, like you know, we were, we were like hippies, you know, the whole thing. And not one of them became devotees. And the only one that could have become a devotee, I brought him to the temple and he wouldn't go back. And I said, why won't you go back? He goes, if I go back, I'll never leave. I'm not going back there. I'm afraid. I actually had two friends that said that. One friend said, if I go back, I won't become a I'll become a devotee. And the other friend said, if I go to the temple every day for a week, I'll become a devotee. I, I'm not going to do it. They're like afraid. So, so I wake up in the morning and think, none of my friends became devotees. Somehow or other, I have Lord Chaitanya's mercy. Somehow or other, I can end my material existence in this lifetime. This life. Not only end it, but I can be dancing with Krishna or playing with Krishna, which is inconceivable. And all I have to do is a little service, chant 16 rounds and follow four principles. If you understand the contextuality of this, the hist historicity of this, this has not happened in 8,400,000,000 years that Mahaprabhu has come to give this. That's kind of a long time, isn't it? Like, did you all catch that? Are you all awake? Okay. That's eight billion four hundred million, and you got it. You some like some by some chance, you ended up in the right place at the right time, and you got Mahaprabhu's mercy. So, and you can get love of Krishna in the mood of residence of Vrindavan, which is like basically impossible to get. You and I can get it. Shouldn't we wake up in the morning thinking I'm the most fortunate person in the universe instead of like, oh, I have to chance sixteen rounds. This is so hard. <laughs> Isn't it? You agree? Right? So if you if you put everything in perspective, like this is like inconceivable mercy. I'm so fortunate. Um if you read a lot about Mahaprabhu's pastimes, you you see how everyone is experiencing an ecstasy. It's like the ecstasy the gopis, the Brajbasis are experiencing. It's like inconceivable. And we experience that in the kirtan, isn't it? Right from the beginning, like no qualification. This is an aspect of Mahaprabhu's mercy. Like, 
we have no qualification whatsoever. And sometimes the only qualification people have to chant Hare Krishna is they're drunk, because those are the ones who like to chant more. Their qualification is they drank too much beer. So now they're chanting with us on the street, right? You ever see that? Like, what happened today? It's only the drunks were dancing with us. You know? So their qualification was beer. And for that, for that so-called qualification, look what they get. They get so much mercy, right? And they get to experience an ecstasy, just like we all experience. There was no qualification. What was your qualification? You know? Uh, sometimes devotees came to the temple, they were high. I think the first time I went, I was probably high. You know? Like, what qualification? Just like none, zero, nothing. Negative qualification. Uh, 108 degrees negative qualification. So, if we say, oh, it's so hard, so difficult, I don't know what's wrong with me, I just, I just don't care. Something's wrong with us. As my mother would say, like, there's something like, what would she say? Like, something's wrong up there, you know? But it's true. If we think that way, something's wrong up there, isn't it? <laughs> that's, that's how we should feel. So, have you ever felt ecstasy in kirtan? Yes or yes? Okay. Were we qualified to feel that ecstasy? What do we do to feel that ecstasy? We just chanted and danced. You know, like, did we do any tapasya? No. Did we do, you know, 10,000 lifetimes of, of austerity? I don't think so. You know, What did we do in our last life? Oh, Prabhu, I went to astrology. He said in my last life I was a fly and I fell in the Charnamrita and that's why I'm a devotee now. Actually, that's a true story. One... Uh, Devotee said that in their past life regression. So, you know, it's possible. What did you do in your last life? Oh, I was a fly, accidentally fell in the Chanamrita. You know, right, you know, I, was, I was a cockroach in the temple, you know, I was eating a lot of ghee, you know, off the floor or something. You know, who knows? Who knows? But the point is that you're here, right? And who knows how you got here? Don't, we don't think we deserve it, but we're here. So, I was in a lecture and Prabhupada said, he said, before you were a devotee, you were the most unfortunate. Because to be, to be in Kali Yuga, born in, you know, you're still around, it's Kali Yuga. Hey, you're still here? What happened? You know, everybody else went back to Godhead and you're still here, you know? Like, what's wrong with you? Like, you didn't get it? You didn't get out of here? So Prabhupada's saying, hey, you're here in Kali Yuga, like, most unfortunate. Like, you're the most unfortunate. And then, and he said, and now you've become the most fortunate. Like, because what makes you fortunate is if you're the most unfortunate. Like, you have no money and someone gives you a million dollars. I was like, that's like special. You already have a million dollars, they give you a million. It's, it's okay, but you're not the most fortunate. But if you have nothing and then you get the million, in that financial sense, you're more fortunate. So Prabhupada is saying, you're the most fortunate. You have no idea how fortunate you are. And then he said something really interesting, which I hope this shakes us up a little bit. And then he said, but if you give up Krishna consciousness, then you become the most unfortunate. You know, because if you, you never had a million, so I have nothing and you have nothing, but I had a million and I lost it. Who's more unfortunate, me or you? We both had, we're both in the same place with zero, but I'm more unfortunate because I had a million. So, in this way, 
In this way, I would say, this is just my perception, I would say Prabhupada was always pleading with us to make sense, that to help to help us understand how fortunate we are. Plead, 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 plead. You know, you don't realize what you have. Just try to understand what you have. This is so rare. It's so special. It's not hard. In another age, you couldn't do this. Even in the Kali Yuga, it wasn't until Mahaprabhu came and said, okay, we're changing the rules now. We're opening this up to everyone. And the Brahmins, the Brahmins went insane because they monopolized the mantra business. They were the mantra peddlers. They, you, know, you pay me, you get the mantra. You know, They controlled that whole Brahminical thing. right? And now Mahaprabhu is like, forget it. Everybody gets the mantra. And then Bhakti Siddhanta comes around and says, and we're going to make all these people Brahmins. The Brahmins went insane. They tried to, did you know they tried to kill him? They told you know this is going to destroy our monopoly. You're going to take somebody, anybody, and then Prabhupada takes it one step further. At least he was making Brahmins of people born in India, which is a pious birth. Prabhupada's doing it from hippies. He's bringing hippies back to India and making them Brahmins. Oh, the Brahmins went crazy, insane. This is Mahaprabhu's movement, right? Totally against the social system that anyone can be. Anyone can be elevated to the highest position. So, that's all, all I wanted to say for now. I could say more, but why don't we stop and see if you have any questions or comments or you want some clarity on what I'm saying or you want to know more about a particular area of what I'm talking about. And you can... Put a question in the chat. You can raise your hand. If you raise your digital hand, I may not see it. Your Raise your analog hand, not your digital hand. And then I can answer a question. Okay, 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 okay. Let's, I have something else to say because this will be the, this will be the icing on the cake. The second verse, the second verse, many of you have heard the second verse, maybe all of you of Shishastakam. The second verse is that Lord Chaitanya is saying, you have invested all your shakti, all your energy. You are personally present in your holy name. You are so benevolent, you're so merciful, that in this age you become an avatar by descending in your name. This is the avatar in Kali Yuga. It's your name. You are present. I can be with you in your name. So he's Mahaprabhu has sent you to, you have hundreds and thousands of names like Krishna and Govinda and all these names you invested your transcendental and, and there's no rules. What does he mean there's no rules? You don't have to be a Brahmin. You can just be a hippie from Haight-Ashbury completely high on LSD and you can chant Hare Krishna. You can come, as Galen Ginsberg said, come to the Hare Krishna temple morning program. It's a good place to come down off LSD. You know, he said that. So you can be a hippie in the Lower East Side coming down off LSD chanting Hare Krishna. You know, that, that's, you, you don't, it's just, you, there's no hard and fast rules. It doesn't mean there are not rules for a better japa. It just means there's no rules based on caste. There's no rules based on time. If you have Gayatri mantra, if you're second initiated, you have to chant that mantra 
when the sun is rising, at midday, when the sun is setting. That's when, if you chant it too early or too late, it's like, too late, Gayatri time's over, mantra doesn't work. It has to be, you know, and you have to be following the principles. You have to be in Satwagun. Did you know if you chant Gayatri mantra and you're not in Satwagun, it doesn't work. If you didn't get it from a guru, it doesn't work. Gayatri mantra is all over the internet, you know, people are singing it. Ombo Bhuva Saha Tat Savitor Paranya. And everybody's singing it, and it has no effect because you have to be in Satwagun, and you have to get it through initiation from a bona fide guru. Did you know that? So that's what Mahaprabhu means about no hard and fast rules. You don't have to chant it at sunrise. To chant Gayatri, you should be clean. Number one, you should be clean. Because Gayatri mantras, you're worshipping Krishna, so it's almost like being on the altar. You should be clean. If you can do Achman, Om Kishavayana, purify yourself. You should be facing um, you should be facing east in the morning, east at noon and north. You should be sitting. Like all these rules for chanting Vedic mantras. And you have to pronounce the syllables properly. Om Adaha. Purnamidam Purnat Purnam Udachyate Purnasyam Purnam Adhaya Purnam Eva Vashishyate you got, you got to chant the mantras perfectly. Hare Krishna mantra, you don't have to follow any of those. You can chant your Italian Hare Krishna or your South American Hare Krishna or your Eastern European Hare Krishna or however you do it or your Chinese Hare Krishna Hare Krishna whatever how you do it, and it still works. Isn't that interesting? You know, most devotees don't actually say the mantra properly. So by Vedic standards, who knows what mantra you're chanting? It's not the Hare Krishna mantra. It's some facsimile. But it still works, because that's Mahaprabhu's mercy. Because there are no hard and fast rules, so you don't have to pronounce it perfectly. Hare Krishna Prabhu. You know, New York, 1966. Hare Krishna it's not how you say it. It's Hare Krishna, not Hare Krishna. You're not even chanting the right mantra. Hare Krishna, Hare Krishna. Krishna, Krishna, Hare, Hare. You see the old newscast? you ever seen that on the Prabhupada film? They've come in with the Hare Krishna. Hare Krishna, Hare Krishna, Krishna. So that's probably how devotees chanted then. Not even the right mantra. No hard and fast rule. You can chant at any time. You don't have to take a bath. So Mahaprabhu is, in this verse, he's saying, he's saying, it, it's amazing. You've come personally in your holy name. Anybody can chant it any time of day, bathe, not bathe, initiated, uninitiated. It doesn't matter and it works. But there's one problem. It's Kali Yuga. And the result is, I'm a Kali Yuga citizen, which means I have no attraction for this at all. I'd rather be out playing my guitar or playing football or shopping or doing something on Facebook. You know, that's an expansion of that verse. I have no attraction. It means I have attraction for other things, but not this. So Mahaprabhu is expressing, expressing the great appreciation he has and the great fortune and also expressing his misfortune. So my humble request to all of you is don't be unfortunate. Take advantage. And then, then we can change that verse around. But I'm and I'm so fortunate 
that I take the holy name seriously, that, that we can we can turn it into a new version for ourselves. Not I'm so unfortunate that I chant improperly and I make offense. Well, Prabhupada translated, and I'm so unfortunate I commit offenses while I chant. And that's why I have no attraction. So we can spin it around. And I'm so appreciative that I take the holy name seriously. That's how we should take it. So I wanted to end with that because I think that's a, it's really it's really a verse of appreciation. Um, Paramananda is saying, does does um, our level of humility affect chanting? Totally. You know what Mahaprabhu? You know what Bhaktivinoda Thakur said? It's amazing. He said, "The song." He said, "Gurudev, please give me humility so I can respect all living beings, and when I can respect all living beings, then I can chant the pure holy name." Beautiful, isn't it? Give me the humility to respect all living beings, because only by respecting all living beings can I chant the pure holy name. Okay, we have a question. How do you overcome offenses? You um, beg the holy name. Please forgive me. And then stop making them. Yeah, Bhaktivinoda Thakur said, you reproach the holy name with remorse. My dear holy name, please forgive me. I feel remorseful. Remorse means rectification. I will not chant with offense. If you, if you can live a pure life and you can make your best effort to chant without offense, you will have the most amazing life anyone could ever imagine. You will experience such happiness, peace, and balance. Nothing can shake you because you'll always realize, I have the biggest treasure, you know. You ever hear about these like Elon Musk and what's the other one from Amazon? You know, how wealthy they are? Like They're up to like 150 billion, you know. That's like off the charts wealth, right? If you can chant without offense you will be millions of times happier than him, guaranteed, and millions of times more satisfied. So I just want to entice you. That's a little appetizer. It is the greatest wealth by far. And the wealth of this world, it's nothing, absolutely nothing compared to that. So if you can do that, if you can organize your life in a way that you actually chant without offense, your life will be amazing and you will advance very quickly in spiritual life. We had another question. How do we help a devotee who has broken one of the four principles after being second initiated? Ask them how to help them, how you can help. Um, one thing one thing is very uh, important to understand about if you want to follow principles, you have to create a lifestyle that supports it. So help that devotee see in his lifestyle, is there anything he's doing that's making it difficult? Because, you know, it's like, what's the first thing you do when you decide to go on a diet? Give away all the food you're not supposed to eat, because if you leave it in the house, what's going to happen in a weak moment? You know, after 10 days of eating salad, no sweets, what's going to happen if the cookie jar is still full? One day at midnight, you're going to wake up, I can't do it, and eat the whole cookie jar, right? But you can't do that if there's no cookies in the house, right? So, you know, get the cookies out. Gabriella's laughing because she's done that before. So, um, it's such a simple principle, but whatever you want to commit to, you have to create an environment that supports it, right? 
But we're just going to leave the cookie jar out just to test my tolerance and, you know, renunciation. No, I don't think that's a good idea, right? I've decided to become a brahmachari, so, you know, um, you know, I have to adopt a lifestyle that supports it, right? I can't just be hanging out with my old girlfriends. Like, yeah, I'm a brahmachari now, so I'm detached. No problem. We can hang out. You know? No, it's not like that. You have to be careful. You have to live the lifestyle that equates to the vow you're making. So that's why I would help that person see if the lifestyle they're living needs some adjustment. Because, you know, otherwise you get triggered by things. The ice cream analogy today. I love the assistance. What was the ice cream? Chanting is like ice cream? Tell me. Tell me. I forgot the... Hare Krishna, uh, it was the class you did on Saturday about two weeks ago and you said how, you know, people, I mean, got to admit I was one of them, you know, when you kind of lack motivation or, you know, some people falling half asleep during the mantra, you know, chanting. And you said, look, if you were eating a bowl of ice cream, you know, would you be falling would asleep? Would you fall asleep? Yeah, right. right. Of, you know, yeah. 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 It was, it's a reflection that if I'm fall, falling asleep during japa, it means I'm lacking a taste. Because a lot of people say, how to stay awake during japa? Well, same way you stay awake through eating ice cream. Okay, now, if you had tape on your tongue and you're eating ice cream, you probably could fall asleep eating ice cream because you wouldn't taste anything. But if you take the tape off and you taste it, you would definitely stay awake. You wouldn't want to fall asleep because you wouldn't be able to taste it if you were asleep. That's my experience with japa, that, that if I'm, even if I'm tired but I'm relishing it, I don't fall asleep. Because if I fall asleep, then I'm, I'm not awake to relish it, right? It's, it's, it's a simple principle. It's funny, actually. But that's why we stay awake when we eat. Because if we fall asleep, obviously we can't enjoy the eating. Although there are times, I'm sure you've had times where you were hungry and tired and you just, I'm too tired to open my mouth to get the food inside. Yeah, that does happen. But if it's ice cream, probably that would be an exception. <laughs> or your favorite, favorite something. Yeah. So, um, you know, I think it's nice, I think it's nice, uh, Gorpranim, to meditate on the quality of our chanting because Mahaprabhu's coming to give the mantra. That's the gift. And, you know, there is a prescription. It's called avoiding the ten offenses. Also, when he says no hard and fast rules, he means those ritualistic rules but not that there's not offenses to avoid. So we have to avoid offenses. And that, that way we reciprocate with the gift because we're utilizing it. You know, like, let's say I give you a gift and then I see you in six months and I'm like, well, have you used it? And you go, oh, I haven't taken it out of the box yet. That makes me kind of sad. You know, no, this is really good. You should use it. You'll like it. So Mahaprabhu is giving the gift and when he sees that we're using it, then he's happy. And that's avoiding offenses chanting with bhakti, devotion, praying, taking shelter, like that. Are you having a codicy today, or is that... To, no, it's not suitable for fasting today. A codicy feasting. Yeah. <laughs> fasting is good also. Chanting and fasting can be good. You know, tomorrow. Um, so... The thing about austerity is that austerity is always helpful, even though difficult, it always helps you. So if you're ever mental about doing austerity, should I or shouldn't I, the answer generally is, yes, you should. 
because it will help you. As long as it's not going to kill you physically or, you know, destroy a relationship or get you fired from a job or some drastic consequence, the general answer is yes. You know, do it. It will help you. It gives you strength. And then what you'll see is that your chanting gets better the more the more you're becoming purified. because every, And as your chanting gets better, everything gets better. And then you start to relish it, and that's when things get really good, when you actually like to chant. When you wake up in the morning, the first thing you say is, I can't wait to chant, where are my beads? Then you're doing good. Then you know, okay, something's going, something go, is going right. Because otherwise... If we don't come to that stage, it's going to be something else we're looking forward to doing, right? If the first thing you do when you get up is go on your phone, you know what that means? Should I tell you? It means you need to join a 12-step program for phone addicts, phoneaholics or whatever they call them. Do they have that? Social media-holics, yeah. If that's the first thing you do, it's a sign of addiction. Like, the first thing you do. So if the first thing you do is chant Hare Krishna, that's great, because we want to become addicted to chanting. That would be fantastic if you all become addicted. So, you know, we have to watch out, because we call it the age of hypocrisy, the age of quarrel, but it's actually become the age of distraction as well. And um, I read this... I read this beautiful letter. I'd never read it before. And one devotee was explaining to Srila Prabhupada how he was cooperating. And Prabhupada said something beautiful. He said, Maya wants us to fight, but cooperation is a much bigger idea than Maya's idea. And I never heard Prabhupada say that. It's a bigger idea than Maya's idea. And I thought... That is such a beautiful phrase to carry with you. You know, like, you're making a decision, so what should I do? You're thinking, well, I could give in to this, but I could do this, and this being Krishna conscious means that's a bigger idea than this idea. Because Maya's got a lot of plans for you. Have you noticed? You've got all kinds of plans for you, right? But I need a bigger idea. <laughs> I need a bigger I want to do a video on that. That's such a, I don't know if I can find it. Uh, but it's such a it's such a nice phrase, isn't it? We could ask the question, do you do you have a bigger idea? <laughs> I think I'll make a t shirt like that. Do you have a bigger idea than Maya's idea? Do you have a bigger idea for yourself than Maya's idea for you? Yeah, that's it. Isn't it? You like that? It's beautiful. Um. <laughs> Maya has a lot of plans for me, but I've got a bigger idea. Okay, I like that one. I don't even know what I say. I have to write it down because I'll forget it. Maya has a lot of plans, plans for me, but I've got a bigger idea. Or, but, or you could say, but Krishna's got a bigger idea. Yeah, that's better. Yeah. Okay, we'll make a t-shirt. We have a t-shirt company. So we we do these one-off t-shirts. If you why don't you make the t-shirt? You're an artist, right? Sham Govinda? So so. I'm trying, trying so and so. We have any artists out there want to make a t-shirt? 
Maya has all the plans for me, but Krishna has a bigger idea. Yeah. We're going to launch our t-shirt store soon. All kinds of nice t-shirts. <clears throat> and bags and cups. and It's going to be fantastic. So, okay. Let's see if we have other questions. <laughs> okay. All right. Too bad I don't have the store. Yeah, all the T-shirt, uh, all the T-shirt slogans came from classes spontaneously. It's just like we hit one and go, "Oh, that's a good one." Like this, what just happened? Um, Hi, I have yeah. a question. Yes. So, um, I guess this might be relevant to a few of us. So, when we start uh, our journey in spiritual life, we, we, I guess, we are aware that we are fortunate and that. You know, Mahaprabhu's movement is is amazing. It's special, and we we are excited, and we chant, and we we want to chant, and we we enjoy the process. But then, with time, years, couple of years, more, that um, enthusiasm might fade, and yeah. so I guess, yeah. I guess, uh, how do we renew that enthusiasm yeah. uh, every year, or you know, yeah. You know, when I when I was listening to that question, I was thinking, that sounds like a husband talking about his wife. You know, when we were younger, you know, it's like it was so exciting, and now it's just kind of boring. You know, so I think that's. Um, I don't think it just happens necessarily in spiritual life. I think it, you know, I got this job. You know, I'm like, you know, video editor for for. You know, Sony pictures, and you know, like after like six years, like this is like so boring. I can't do this. You know, you liked it as a, you ever you ever do have a hobby you really like, and then you get a job and it drives you crazy doing it. Something like that. <clears throat> I think um, let's let's take it what you would do in marriage. Uh, one of the things you would do in marriage is. Like focus on what you like about the person, what you appreciate about them. You know, think about all the things that you liked when you. This is actually an exercise my wife does. Like, what did you like when you first met one another? And you kind of go back. Well, she was so smart, and she was so funny, and we used to do this and that. And you kind of remember. Oh, I forgot that because I became used to it. Take it for granted. That's human nature, right? I mean, look at, you're chanting this mantra two hours a day, Hare Krishna, Hare Krishna. You start zoning out and become like a zombie, isn't it? You get used to it. It's like if you're not progressing, then you get used to it. And you know, it's someone might you might be married to the most beautiful woman in the world, but you see her every day. And so someone says, your wife's so beautiful. And you go, oh, really? I, I forgot, because I'm so used to it. So it doesn't mean she didn't, She's not beautiful anymore. She's just as beautiful as she was five years ago, maybe more so. But you're just seeing it every day. So you, you've lost your sense of appreciation. So you, you want to, I think the point of this class was kind of to refocus on that appreciation. You want to be able to always focus in on it. Like, I am so fortunate to have this mantra. Even though I may have trouble sometimes chanting, but I'm so fortunate to get in that mode and remind yourself. And... Um, that happens more easily if you're studying the philosophy a lot because there's so much to appreciate in it. And 
I mean, if you really want to, I, I don't want to recommend doing this, but I do this just because I speak a lot. And so I look at what people who are really well-known are saying and how they're delivering it. Like, you know, Jaggi Vasudev Sadhguru, maybe Tony Robbins, maybe Deepak Chopra. Just what are they saying? Why are they popular? And sometimes they say, especially the ones on the spiritual side, like the ones on the material side, they're not really delving into the spiritual, so they don't really say anything that I find is like really wrong per se, although, you know, it's just more materialistic, but it makes sense in the material context. But some of these spiritual people, um, they just say things that are dead wrong. Uh, and I think, poor person, if you had a guru, you wouldn't say that. And you know, sometimes you see these younger people, you know, they haven't made it yet, they're trying to be spiritual teachers, and they read, you know, they read The Power of Now, and then they read, they read this and that, and they're doing their YouTube channel. And you can tell that they don't really know what they're talking about, they're just repeating what they read. And they, re- and they say things that are wrong, or partially right. And every time I see that, I think, so fortunate. The Srila Prabhupada's my spiritual master because I know exactly, I understand exactly what this is, I understand exactly where they're misunderstanding, and I know there's hundreds of thousands of more people who are misunderstanding like them because it's common. So I think those kinds of things, just kind of like stand back and just say, I'm so fortunate that I'm hearing from Prabhupada because I don't have that problem. I'm, I'm so fortunate I'm part of a society where there's so many devotees, because if I didn't have them, how could I be a devotee, like on my own, just reading books and trying to be spiritual and meditating on my own? I'm like, where am I going to get the strength? Eventually I'll cave in. Maya will come knocking on my door and invite me to a party, and I'll cave in. So I think it's, I think it's a, you know, appreciation takes, it takes some, a little energy, you know, to just, Get back and, and, and have that same appreciation you had when you were a new devotee. You know, that kind of like, wow, this is amazing. I can't wait to tell all my friends. Of course, you tell them all and they say you're crazy. But, you know, you didn't expect that. But still, that, that energy, that excitement, right? I My best friend made a vow if I move in the temple, he'll get me out of there. He told me that uh, like a month before I moved in. Just don't move in if you do. I'm taking you out. And then I used a secret weapon on him, a female devotee that was also joining. And and she kind of bamboozled him. And then I joined and he didn't bother me. So it's the power. Women have a lot of power. I find this whole argument like women are, women are less this, less that. They totally control men. So if women are less than men and men are controlled by women, what does that make men? I, I don't understand. So um, he was completely controlled by her, everything she said. And, you know, she was explaining why Krishna consciousness is good. He said, yeah, yeah, that makes sense. That's good. It was so funny to watch it. You ladies, you have a lot of Shakti. I don't know if you realize it. You probably do, but just the fact that you exist, you have extreme power to convince men of anything. I mean, like you convince these guys to like work for you for 40 years, you know, and like take care of you. That's like, you know, that's Shakti, right? And you can convince a lot of men to become devotees. 
All the men are laughing. They're going, it's true, it's true. We men, you know, on Sankirtan, we're like, it's not fair, you know. I go up to this guy, he goes, I've seen this so many times. I go up to the guy, excuse me, sir. He's like, get out of here. He walks down the street and one of the, le- the women devotees goes up to him and he stops and he takes a book and, he's, and he gives her money. I'm like, why can't I be a woman? Maybe I should, you know, dress up like a woman. This is not fair. I've, have you seen that on Sankirtan? Sham Govinda? You know, like, you can't talk to the guy and the women can talk to him. It's like, it's an un- we're handicapped. If they do 100 books and we do 50, it's equal. Or we do 25, they do 100, then it's equal. They, you know, unfair advantage. So, uh, <laughs> Hare Krishna. Yeah, so Prabhupada understood that. You know, you use that for Krishna. Why not? He said, Prabhupada said, yeah, the women are a secret weapon because men will listen to them. So, um, going back to the point, though, yeah, appreciation is really... Uh, Yes. Now, if you didn't meet Prabhupada, which I don't think any of you have, don't feel you haven't met him because you you have his teachings, which is all you need. You don't need his physical association because you have his teachings. So just thank, thank your lucky stars every day that you came in touch with Prabhupada in his books and the devotees and the association. And, you know, Yiskan will have its problems and devotees aren't all perfect. That's another issue. But that shouldn't prevent you from appreciating what is good. As I always say, no matter what happens, Bakoras always taste good. So, you know, you may have a fight with a devotee. You know, your temple president may not be so nice to you. But Bakoras still taste good. So Krishna consciousness is still relishable. Isn't it? Sweet rice also tastes good, especially when you have blueberries in them. No matter how bad things are. And that's why devotees say, what do I do if I'm depressed? Eat more sweet rice, Prabhu. It'll solve your problem. Yeah. So do something that you can relish and appreciate. It always will be helpful, whatever it is. And I always think, I always think, like what would I do if I couldn't use all my talents and energies? And, you know, I would, you know, what would I, I'd love to make music. What would I be singing? I was like, no idea. Trying to, you know, singing what? I'm going to tell people what life's about. I don't even know myself. I'm going to tell people about how to be happy, you know. You know, I made a million attempts at being happy. It didn't work. What am I going to sing about? Oh, yeah, I can sing about how unhappy I am, but that's not going to help anybody. You know, and I like, I have so many, I have such a creative mind, you know. It's like, we could do this, we could do that. Make this video, make this movie, write this book, do this song. Like, what would I do if I wasn't a devotee, you know? I would just be using all that to entangle people in the material world, you know. All right? win an award, but what was what's the point, you know? Everyone oh that song it made me, you know, fall in love with my girlfriend. I'm great, you know. And it made you get divorced two years later too, right? So, you know, very, very unfortunate, you know. And so we're very fortunate that whatever it is that we talents we have, we can use them in the service of Srila Prabhupada. And that's like I every day I feel like, wow, who else would I want to serve? Like who else other than Prabhupada would I want to serve? I'm so, it's just like amazing that I can do this. It's just so happy, so happy. If you can get that message out or that book out or that song out or that picture out or that video out or that class out, what an honor, what an opportunity for service or manage a project. Yeah, That's how I feel. So that's how appreciation works.
And if we're not appreciating, we should think, okay, something's wrong. Let me let me stand back and look at it all. You know, I I have I have I'm in a very unique position, because I have disciples, and disciples usually do what I ask. I mean, sometimes they do. <laughs> They're supposed to, and you know, it's like. You know, do I deserve to be served? But this is the arrangement that Prabhupada has made. You know, the, the teacher helps the student, and the student serves. It's like, so it's like, okay, let's let's use this arrangement for helping other people. This is an amazing arrangement, and they love me, I love them. They're like, wow, you know, how can you create anything like that? So just you know, appreciate it every day. And appreciate yourself also. You know, sometimes we don't appreciate ourselves because we think that's humility. Appreciate all the talents Krishna gives you. If you're good at something, don't deny it. Oh, brother, I'm not good at anything. I'm just a fallen soul. You know, Don't give me that stuff. No. It's like saying, you know, you have $10 million in the bank. No, Prabhu, I'm really poor. I don't really have much. It's like, what are you talking about? You have ten. You just inherited ten million dollars. No, I'm just. I'm really just a brahmacharya. But you have ten million in the bank. You know, we need to buy a temple in London. Can we have it? Uh, you know, it's like you're good at something. It doesn't mean you're proud. You just think Krishna's given me the talent, so let's use it. That's all. I appreciate it. You know, I can do something, right? You know, maybe you're like really smart with something. You know, and it's like so. You know, and you notice actually. It seems like I'm better at this than most people. Okay, it's not pride, it's just you notice it. It's just money in the bank. I got more zeros in my account than most people. Okay, you don't have to be proud. I guess I should use it, right? Yeah, exactly, use it. I'm a really good manager. Fine, great, don't become proud, just use it. That's all. Appreciate it. Krishna has given me something. He's given every one of you something that you're good at. Appreciate it and use it. And it won't, it won't make you proud. It shouldn't, anyway. Does that make sense? So, um, we're going to chant Nitai Goranga, Nitai Goranga again. Do I have your permission? Yes! With my, with my, all my devotees are living in this little box here that, that play with me. All my musician friends are in the box here. My favorite box. One of my favorite activities in my favorite box that I can use for Krishna. For not appreciating every day. Can you send me those? Can you send me those quotes, Sham Govinda? Email them to me. So sure. I, I can make videos. The problem is, if I don't make the videos right away, I forget. I forget the context because, like, you give like five classes or ten classes in between now and, you know. Yeah. I'd like it if I, you know, I don't always recognize that I say something that means anything, but sometimes when someone writes it out, I go, oh, okay, <laughs> that was good. I didn't know that. That was good. That must have been Krishna. Okay, are we ready to dance? Is that that allowed in England during lockdown? You can dance because Lord Chaitanya 
likes to see you dance. So I like to see you dance also. Should we start with the drum? That'll get you going, right? Yeah? Nitai go uranga, Nitai go uranga, Nitai go uranga, go to Hari, Nitai go uranga, Nitai go uranga, Nitai go Nitai Goranga Nitai Goranga Nitai Goranga Gaurahari Nitai Gorang Nitai Goranga Nitai Goranga Gaurahari Haribo Nitai Goranga Nitai Goranga Nitai Goranga Gaurahari Nitai Goranga 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 Hare Krishna Hare Krishna 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 Hare 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 Lama Hare Lama Lama Rama Hare 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 Krishna Hare Krishna 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 Hare Lama, Hare Lama, Lama Lama, Hare Hare. Hare Krishna, Hare Krishna, Krishna Krishna, Hare Hare. Hare Lama, 
If we had more time, I'd go for another hour, but I know it's getting late out there. Thank you very, very much, Mahatma Prabhu, for your time, for the wonderful class. And you have some very, very um, wonderful comments <laughs> that came in during the, the Kirtan. And thank you for the final Kirtan as well. And so inspiring. I feel fortunate um, for the association tonight. And I feel fortunate to be part of the uh, International Society of Devotees of Mahaprabhu, of Srila Prabhupada. Yes. And, uh, well, hopefully we can follow in your footsteps, Mahatma. And um, we hope you join us again soon. Thank you for your time. Bhakti Yoga London. Hare Krishna. We'll see you all again somewhere, sometime. Hopefully next time in London, Rio. Oh yeah, yeah, that would be great. Until then, you know, I'm giving class almost every day if you'd like to join. You're all welcome. And then when I come to London, we'll see you all and we'll do a concert, okay? Oh, looking forward to it. We'll play together, myself and Sham Govinda. Yes. We'll do a concert. That's a dream come true. And we'll get Colin to play bass because he's so good. And uh, what's that other devotee? Um, Kadama Kanan, what's his name? That musician? I forget. I think he's in Wales. Oh, Kelly Kanana. Yeah, yeah. Put a band together. Oh, yeah, let's do it. Rock London back to Godhead. Why not? Okay. <laughs> Hare Krishna. Hare Krishna, everybody. Hare Krishna. We'll see you. Um, we'll be back again, no doubt. Hare Thank you. Go Ranga. Go Ranga.